0: God's word comes to us from the letter of Paul to the Philippians, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 10. Hear God's word. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me, and more than, more than once when I was in, in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever, amen. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as we hear the words of Scripture and as we know your presence here in worship, may we hear and receive with joy what you are saying to us today. Through Christ, the living word, we pray, amen. Let's begin this morning by asking why you and I and everything exists. You know, a simple question. (laughs) Let's turn to Colossians, the first chapter, then we'll get back to Philippians chapter four. In Colossians 1, Paul writes, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for all things have been created through him and for him. The second person of the Trinity, the eternal Son of God, shared fully in the creation of all things in such a way that Paul says, all things have been created through him and for him. Now, don't misunderstand the for him part he doesn't mean to make up for some deficiency in Christ. Christ did not make the universe as a crutch to lean on, nor did he create all things to supplement his power, but instead to show his power and his mercy and his love. So I deduce from Colossians that you and I exist for Christ, as do all things. Every human being exists for the glory of Jesus Christ the creator the redeemer the risen reigning king the coming emperor of all things whether you want him to, want that to be so or not that's how it is you were created by Christ not to supply his needs not to help him uphold the universe but to eat and drink and work and rest and play and serve in such a way as to point to his supreme greatness, and his beauty, that's why you and I exist, to exalt Christ, as Paul would say. Still with me? Okay, good. Now let's turn to Philippians, Paul's argument for how the exaltation of Christ, the contentment of our souls, and the sacrificial love of others all fit together. And we begin with Paul's statement, not in chapter four. Let me pull one out of chapter one in Philippians, where he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. On the first of October, we heard that message. And we remember, we talked about courage that day. Paul has signed on with Christ with the aim of exalting Christ. That was Christ's aim in creating Paul and putting Paul on this earth. It is the height of folly, perhaps even suicidal, for any of us to ignore the ultimate reason that we exist and to just sort of make it up as we go. Paul didn't do that. He wanted his life to be in sync with the ultimate reason for his existence. Then notice that Paul considers two conditions in which he aims to exalt Christ. In life and in death. I think that covers things, don't you? Uh, I can understand him saying either one. Life having gone so well that he exalts him in living, and life having gone badly so that he exalts him in death. In either case, the same aim, the same purpose is to exalt Christ. Now hold that thought, and let's go to chapter 4, to look at the way Paul describes how he will exalt Christ in life and in death. Again, listen to verses 12 and 13 from today's reading. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So the issue from Paul is not only exalting Christ, but it's also the contentment of Paul's soul. And this matters to Paul because his contentment shows the Philippians that he's not in it for the money. Oh, he appreciates their gift just as I appreciate your appreciation today, but he was not so enthralled with the gift so much as he was with the givers, the people of Philippi those who made up the body of Christ there. Now, this, every one of us in the human race wants more. You know, little children want more toys, want more TV. Teenagers want more clothes, more freedom, more popularity. Adults often want a bigger home, or a newer car, or a better job. And often we do get those things, uh, and we're content for a while, and then it all kind of wears off. We buy or build a new home, we buy, drive a new car, we get a new job, and what we've always dreamed of comes along, and yet we're still not satisfied. Paul emphasizes in verse 12 that his contentment is solid and unwavering in two kinds of situations, in need and in plenty. Then moving on in that verse, he says, when well fed or hungry. And then in the last part of this verse, he says, whether living in plenty or in want. Now notice there's both a a difference and a similarity between this passage and the one from Philippians 1 I read to you a moment ago. Uh, That is, the difference is that he wanted to exalt Christ in chapter 1, and here in chapter 4, he wants to show his contentment in Christ. That's the difference. But the same thing is that he tries to show the magnifying of Christ and the satisfying of his soul take place within both the best of times and the worst of times. You see, that's the connection. And Paul has seen all of that. He's seen the best of times and the worst of times. He aims to exalt Christ in life and death, and here in chapter 4, he experiences contentment, whether he's down low or whether he's brought up, whether he's blessed or whether he's tried, whether he's in abundance or in need, whether in plenty or in want. So what I'm seeing is that life and death in chapter one correspond to plenty and want here in chapter four. And in both cases, Paul is exalting and Paul is contented. So what is the secret of exalting Christ in life and in death? What is the secret of being contented in plenty and in want? Might the secret to those be the very same thing? I think they might. Did all of us hear Philippians four twelve? Where Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, the secret of content in the best of times or in the worst of times. Now, wait a minute. Why would we even have to ask about being contented in the best of times, in plenty, in abundance? Isn't that the most natural thing in the world, being contented when all is going well? Paul says, no, it's not. We have to learn how to be contented when all is well. Why is that? Because the contentment that Paul is talking about is not a contentment based on pleasant circumstances. How do we know that? Well, in Philippians 4.10, he says, I rejoice greatly in the, in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me when they gave Paul a gift. He wasn't rejoicing so much in the gift as he was the givers, the people. And the apostle says in Philippians 4: 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. When Paul speaks of the mysteriously secret contentment or the gladness or the rejoicing that he's sharing, he's not speaking of the perfectly natural, unmysterious human pleasure that is based on happy or pleasant circumstances. No, he's speaking of contentment based on a person, the person of Jesus. He's speaking of contentment that is grounded in the Lord that is resting on Christ. It's not at all natural. It's supernatural. And that's why Philippians 4.13 is so crucial to what he's saying here. Listen to that again. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Friends, we we can't just force ourselves to have contentment. That's impossible. We can't force it. It takes a miracle of divine proportions. I can be contented in plenty only because of him who strengthens me. It's truly a miracle to be satisfied with what we have. David writes in Psalm 55, Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. Oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. What's David want to do in the midst of his fears? He wants to get out of town. He wants to be taken to a safe place, a sanctuary. Paul has the experience of seeing Christ as so beautiful, so valuable, so great that And all satisfying, unshakable contentment is his through Christ. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord, he says in chapter 3. If we stacked up all all that life can provide us, all the abundance, all the plenty, all the blessings, what would Paul say? This is what he'd say. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's the secret to contentment, whether well-fed or hungry, in plenty and want, because it is contentment not found in convenience, not found in health, not found in riches, not found in fame, not found even in life itself, but in Christ pilot always looked down intently on a certain valley in the Appalachian mountain range, and uh, his co-pilot one day asked him, what's so interesting about that spot? Well, see that stream, he said. When I was a kid, I used to sit on that log next to the stream and fish. Every time an airplane flew over, I would look up and I would wish I was flying. Now I look down, and I wish that I was fishing. That's pretty much the way it is, isn't it? Sometimes, even though we get what we want, we can't be satisfied, contented. The secret to contentment, I think, is the same thing as the secret of exalting Christ. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live as Christ, to die as gain. What's the secret of exalting Christ that Paul puts forward? Well, it's knowing Christ and treasuring Christ above everything, to know and treasure Christ above all that staying alive might give us, It's knowing and treasuring Christ above leaving this world. Experiencing Christ is more valuable and more satisfying than anything in the world is the secret, I believe. Which leaves just one more step to consider. And that is, what's the result of this contentment? I think it has to be contentment that overflows in costly love loving the way Jesus loves us even when people don't like us. In Philippians 2.3, Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. How is that even possible for selfish people like us? We crave attention and health and riches and safety and comfort. No one by nature values others above themselves. No. So how will our addiction to the attention, health, riches, safety, and comfort that we crave ever be broken? Paul made the answer perfectly clear. Knowing and treasuring the Lord Jesus above everything in this world. That's how. And as it turns out, that's also the secret To our contentment. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A video recording of this service can be found on YouTube or Facebook by searching for Kenmar Church.